0: John, Gospel of John, chapter 2. Let's just read verse 21. That closes out where we were last week and into the rest of the chapter so we have a little surrounding. All right? John chapter 2, verse 21. Well, let's read 20 because it tells what 21 is about. John chapter 2 verse 20 then the Jews said it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you will raise it up in 3 days Jesus has just said tear down this temple I'll build it up again in 3 days it's taken 46 years to build this temple of course he wasn't talking about the temple that he was standing in he was talking about his the temple his body his temple but he well in verse 21 but he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the Scripture and the Word which Jesus had said. Let me read that. His disciples remembered what he had said, that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Now when he was in Jerusalem at Passover, this is immediately following the cleansing of the temple that we talked about last week. Many believed in his name. Now listen carefully. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast... Many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man for he knew what was in man. Let me read that again. Many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he did, but Jesus did not commit himself to them. It literally means he did not trust them. Why? He knew what's in their heart. Talk about it in a minute. Because he knew all men. He had no need that anyone should testify of man. For he knew what was in man. Let's just read through chapter 3 for a little bit. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So we're still talking about the signs. Yes? And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now I noticed a little distinction in those two phrases today. He said earlier, He said, I say to you, unless... Most assuredly, or King James, verily, verily, I say to you, which means truly, truly, I say to you, unless a man, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then he says, unless one is born of the Spirit and of the water and of the Spirit, one cannot enter the kingdom of God. That's two different things. That which, there's that big scripture. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That's probably one of the biggest verses in the entire Gospel. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. And you, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell from where it comes and from where it goes, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said to him, You are a teacher of Israel, and do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I had told you earthly things, and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who has come down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man be lifted up. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Now let me say right here, we're not going to get anywhere near this tonight, (laughs) but we need to hear it week after week probably hear me right here but for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son I'll say again the love of God has never been the question the love of God is not the question everybody says well God is love and God loves everybody and God loves God loves me listen the gospel and salvation and born again is not about God's love for us. God commended his own love towards me, us, yes, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's Romans 5 and 8. The love of God is not the question, nor has it ever been the question. The love of God is so great and so and so Expansive that our minds cannot even conceive of the of the love that it took for him to give the best available. God's love is not the question. The question is accepting God's love and living for him by faith in the sacrifice of his son. God's love is not the question. The question is your love for God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, but that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Say, well, but you have to keep reading. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe in him, he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world. Remember John 1 and Chapter 1, in him was light, and the light was the life of men. This is the condemnation. The light is coming to the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. For anyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Amazing passage. All, even though it will be weeks out, can I read those last few verses in a different way? Because I want you to, I'm just going to plug in a word. I'm not going to do any harm to the text because I'm going to tell you what the word means. It says this is the condemnation. This is the, Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. That word condemned there literally means judged. Judge, judgment, judged. Everybody loves to talk about judging and not judging and all this stuff. Let me read something again. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. There's a qualifier already. It's who who believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to judge the world. Oh. But the... but. That the world through him might be saved. Oh, yes, wonderful. Jesus didn't even come to judge the world. Let's keep reading. He he who believes in him is not judged, but he who does not believe in him is judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten of the Father. And listen to this this is the judgment. That the light has come into the world, and men loves the darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds be exposed. But he who loves, but he who does the truth, comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. It's a powerful scripture. I'm at the end of what you're going to hear it because you have to hear it over and over. God is not going to judge sin. Listen closely. <clears throat> judgment seat of Christ, great white throne judgment. God is not going to judge sin. God is not going to judge sin. Do you hear me? Hear me. Say, you're a heretic. No. God is not going to judge sin. Sin has already been judged. Already. That's already done. What is sin? The penalty for sin. The, the definitions of sin. What it is to sin. What it is to be redeemed from sin. Has It's already been judged. And given to you by the word of the the prophets, by the Gospels, by Jesus himself, by the apostles, and it is to be proclaimed. Go into all the world and preach the Gospel. That's the good news of Jesus Christ to every creature. The good news is is that sin's been judged and you are a sinner. (laughs) You were born a sinner, separated from God because of the fall, and that he's already came. And reconciled, made the way back to God if you accept him as your Lord and as your Savior. Sin is not going to be judged. Sin has already been judged. It's not yet to be determined. People are going to be judged at the great white throne judgment and the judgment seat of Christ. Sin has already been judged. People are going to be judged. I have heard it. It's one of the scariest, most ridiculous statements that people make when you teach the Word of God. Only God can judge me. You're right. He's already judged sin and gave you the, the everything, this book says, the word says that God has given us everything that pertains to life. When He talks about life, it's eternal life. He's given us everything that pertains to life and to godliness. That, what does that say? How to, how to have eternal life and how to live for God. He wrote it down. And sin has already been judged. From the beginning, from the fall, sin was judged. People are going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment. You want to be at the judgment seat of Christ. (laughs) Because you know there's one judgment before you get either place. Oh. There's a judgment before you get to either place. The judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne judgment. There's when, if you are going to one or the other, you are going to you are going to stand before Jesus Christ. Every one of you. Everyone that's ever been born will stand before Jesus Christ. I think I told you that last Sunday. Everyone. They're all going to stand before Him. They're all going to bow down to Him. And they're all going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. All of them. But their destination, which they're going to be at, was determined at their last breath, their last heartbeat, when they left this world. Based on what they've done with Jesus in their lifetime. When You, you want to be at the judgment you want to be at the judgment seat of Christ. If you're at the judgment seat of Christ, you're born again. Well, you were born again when you got there. They're not going to determine if you were born again. If you are at the judgment seat of Christ, you were born again. If you're at the great white throne judgment, you are, you are lost. Eternally, Already. Oh, that makes me want to chase some rabbits. Cause see, there's going to be a first resurrection. We want to be part of the first resurrection. Oh, today the word that you hear thrown around that people like that and it, it's a, it's actually a, a correct word, even if people don't like it. We're talking it's the what we would call the rapture of the church, the first resurrection. The first resurrection is an interesting study because Jesus himself was the earnest. The Bible says he is the earnest of our salvation. What's earnest? Has anybody ever bought anything that needed earnest? It's the security that you, that you lay down to hold, to hold the position. The first resurrection was Jesus Christ. He, he, was, he is the beginning of the first resurrection. And the first resurrection will go all the way through to the end of the millennial reign. Right, I'm not going to cover all that. That is the sainted dead that will be raised back and given a glorified body. The second resurrection... You know, there's, going, there's something everybody knows. That, that, did you know that everybody's going to get a new body? Everybody. Everybody. Most everybody. The wicked dead are going to get a new body. Did you, do you realize that? The wicked dead are going to be given a new body. It's eternal too. And it's a a body that will live in torment for eternity that can't be destroyed by fire. That's a supernatural body. Oh. The sainted dead are going to be given a glorified body. You're going to be like him. John wrote in his epistles, "What, What are we going to be like when we get? He said, I don't know. What this glorified body is going to be like. John the revelator. John the gospel writer. He said I don't know what we're going to be like. He said but I do know this. We'll be like him. Yeah. I'm just taking you through some things. That's contained in this third chapter. In the chapter 2. In the chapter 3 of John. That you need to know to even understand. To go forward. That you must be born again. Because sin's already been judged. And it's already been determined. And, but Brother Swagger used to preach back in the 60's. But there is a remedy. There is a remedy. To the sin problem. And he, Jesus, is the remedy. He's the anecdote. Everybody... I've told this story before, but when I got my first level of credentials and they were congratulating us, then Superintendent Larry Moore told us up in Arkansas, he said, congratulations on your credential. He said, the good news is you have a very easy job to do because everybody in Arkansas is saved. <laughs> now, if there's any place I can believe that about, that would be there. <laughs> he said, "Everybody in Arkansas is saved." He said, "If you don't believe them, just ask them. Just ask'. Them. We live in a world that everybody thinks they're going to heaven. I've mentioned it before. I've been to a lot of funerals. Anybody been to a lot of funerals? I've been to a lot of funerals. Preached a few of them. I have never heard anybody, including me, stand over that casket and say, Boy, these people split hell wide open. Have you? Now, if I don't have any clue about their eternal destination. I'll be happy to talk about they've gone on to their reward. <laughs> because they certainly have. Can't preach everybody into heaven because not everybody's going. This is important. I'm in John chapter 2. That's where I'm at. That's, that's where I'm at. That's where I have came to. Because it says after this, or then it says, that Jesus was in Jerusalem for the Passover And that, now when he was in Jerusalem for the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name. When they saw the things, when they saw the signs that he did. Many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he did. James said, you believe in God, you do well. That's what James said. You believe in God, you do well. He said, because even the demons, the devils, believe and tremble. You believe in God, you do well. Even the devils believe and tremble. It says, many believed in his name because they saw the signs that he did says, but Jesus didn't trust them. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man for he knew what was in man. This is the living word. Remember, he's the living word. The Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the joints and the marrow, the soul and the spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. He was the Word personified. Literally, the Word became flesh. He knew what was in them. It says, many believed in him because of the signs that they saw. Let me help you as we start traveling down there. Because they were not Disciples. It says Jesus did not commit himself to them. I'm going to tell you, when you are born again, mm-hmm. when you are born, if you are if you born again, Jesus is committed to you. Right. Hear me. If you're born again, Jesus is committed to you. Oh, you ain't. May- Jesus is committed to you because you are something completely new. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You're something brand new and it happened because you believed on his name. You had a heart change that came not for the signs that he, could, that he could do. Signs have never changed anyone. That's right. I mean, oh, I wish I lived in the Bible days. I don't, it was hot. Hot here too, but I don't think the temple was air conditioned. That's right. No. 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 Oh, I wish I lived in the Bible. No, why do you want to live in the Bible? Well, the signs and miracles—they didn't believe. They didn't change nothing. They done. let me help you with some things. Some of my favorite that come to mind because it always one of them that always blew my mind was the rebellion of Korah. We've talked about the rebellion of Korah before. Y'all remember the rebellion of Korah back in Numbers? when Moses has been appointed by God to lead the people out and Aaron's been appointed as high priest and the people decide, well, why does he get to lead us? Korah gets a faction up against and, I mean, there's still, still Korah running around the church everywhere. There's still Korahs running around the church all over the world. Well, why do you get to lead And they wrote, he, got, they, he done what Korah does and got a group of people to come stand up against Moses and Aaron and say, well, why do you get to lead us? And Moses was what caused God call me, and that's not satisfactory. And and the King James Bible, the one that Paul used, said (laughs) (laughs) Moses too, I think. Korah's they're rising up against their authority, and God's anger was kindled. And it says in King James, because I like the King James here, it says in the ground, clave asunder. What's that mean, the ground clave asunder? It means the earth split wide open and swallowed them up, all of them that rose up against Moses. Because rising up against Moses was rising up against God. Because God had appointed Moses. Now, I mean, that you, who do you think you are? Well, God showed them. Now, why do you get to lead? God showed him why he got to lead. Because I picked him. The ground opens up, swallows him. House and belongings and family and livestock and all. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's quite a sign, isn't it? That's sign. Isn't that quite a sign? <laughs> that is quite a sign. That is a sign, you know, if I'd have even been thinking that I, maybe, I I don't know if Moses is all that or not. It might be me. If I'd have survived the rebellion of Korah, if I'd even had a thought that it was anybody but Moses, I would have went to my house and shut up. (laughs) The Bible says the next day, the next day, King James says on the morrow, the next day, they rose up again. And you know what happened the next day when they rose up again? The same thing. Gone. The sign didn't do a thing for him. The sign didn't do a thing for him. Before they ever got there, they, you know, they'd, they'd seen all the plagues. And then they'd seen God deliver them miraculously. They were slaves one day and had all the gold and the treasure of Egypt the next. It's what the Bible says. It's what the Bible says. They were slaves. It says they left with the treasure of Egypt. They were begging them to get out after, after the death angel passed over. Get out take our where in the world do you think they got gold and all that stuff for for a calf the Egyptians gave get out so they left with the gold and the treasures of Egypt they left without one sick among them not one they were all healthy they walked out all healthy That means that they were sick the day before, God healed them. All of them. Gave them everything in Egypt. Get out. He set them free. They're barely out of town. God's feeding them every day by His own hand. Talk about signs, talk about miracles. You talk about wonders. I told you somebody done the math, and it's like ninety something boxcar loads of manna every day. One hundred eighty on on Saturday night, Friday night. Water from the rock. I'm talking about signs. They believe because they saw a sign. Are you with me? After a little while, God feed them. I mean, they didn't have to till the ground. That's amazing because you know what that tells me? That tells me for some time that God stopped the curse as far as the ground was concerned. Do you realize that? Because God, when God began, when God pronounced the curse, first it was on the serpent. He said, You're going to crawl on your belly and you're going to eat dust. And he told. Eve, that she was going to have pain in her childbirth and that she was going to want a Lord over her husband. But it was never going to happen. Part of the curse. You're going to want to, but you're not going to get to. And he told Adam, he said, You're going to work for everything you get by the sweat of your brow. If you're going to eat, you're going to work for it. It's the curse. I read when they left Egypt that they opened their tent flaps. I guess it was work. They opened their tent flaps, took their basket, gathered up manna for the day and that was it. Don't get any for tomorrow. Just today. Except on the coming into the Sabbath, get enough for the Sabbath. Two days. That's God put part of the curse on her. Well, no sick, no feeble, no work. <laughs> and until they rebelled, no death. The curse was stopped. Do you realize that? It wasn't until they started griping and complaining. There's something powerful about griping and complaining. There's something powerful about griping and complaining. Man, I need to re- remind me. No, don't, because it probably make me mad. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a time to remind you. There's a time not to. <laughs> I'm just ignoring it. There's something powerful about griping and complaining. Because when they were grumbling and complaining, God got mad. See, they, got, they just barely got out. and got, I'm talking about about the signs that he done. I'm still in John chapter 2. The signs that he done. So many believed the signs that he done. I, I mean, that's not, nobody's sick, no feeble. Uh, by the way, because you, you know that, the, that in, in Eden, everything was perfect. Even after he put them in clothes, when they came out of Egypt, the Bible, go read it. It's in there. Go read it. It's in there. It says that their sandals didn't even wear out, and their clothes didn't even become threadbare. Jeff, God stopped the curse. And when they started gropping and complaining, they, when they went over the signs and the wonders were no longer satisfactory. They got bored with manna. They got bored with the provision, Jarah. J- they got bored with Jehovah Jarah. And started complaining. What do you brought us out here for? Let's go back to Now there's people that would teach you today you can't go back to Egypt. <laughs> they said, let's go back to Egypt. Why do they want to go back? Yeah, keep in mind what they were in Egypt. They were slaves. Slaves. They're living with the curse lifted. And I want to go back to being a slave because in Egypt we had leeks and onions and garlic. They wanted onions in their beans. I thought, well, they need onions in their beans because you ain't eating beans, you're eating manna. They wanted, but isn't it amazing what people will give up the things of God for? Are you ever, think about what people will trade (coughs) the blessings of God for. Signs aren't nothing. That's why God doesn't lead with signs. God does not lead with signs. These signs shall follow them that believe. Not lead them that believe. Mm. That's pretty good. So I think I'll say it again. These signs shall follow them that believe, not lead those who believe. Or uh, confirming the word with signs following, confirming the word, not producing the word, not leading you to the word. Oh, you ain't hear me. So let's go back to John 2 and read it again. And when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them. You know why? Because they hadn't committed themselves to Jesus, they were committed to the signs. They were committed to what Jesus could do for them. This is another one of those places where they were all excited because they thought they were going to have a political leader that got them out from and under Rome. That's what it was about. They were excited. The, the, the belief come with the excitement over the signs. And let me tell you, if you can be led by signs you can be led astray. That's good preaching. I'm going to go over here and say it. If you can be led by signs, miracles, and wonders, you can be led astray. Not only can you be led astray, you will be led astray. I will remind you that when... Moses threw his authority on the ground. That staff, remember, we talked about it. When he threw that staff on the ground, it became a snake. The magician said, ah, "I can do that." Threw their staff on the ground, it became a snake. I'll even tell you about what Jesus talked about in the last days. That one of the issues would be, one of the problems would be, one of the things that created apostasy would be lying signs. And wonders. The enemy's supernatural. He's not God, but he's supernatural. He's a supernatural being. Let me tell you about supernatural beings. God is a supernatural being. He is, he is, he is the incredible supernatural being, he is the omnipotent supernatural being, he is the omniscient supernatural being. He is, he is the omnipresent supernatural being. He is all in all. The angelic hosts, the fallen angels, the demon spirits, all supernatural beings. Enemy has some power. But he's not all powerful. But he could pull some stuff. And I'm, I, I'm pausing right here to tell you that how to this is, this, Jesus didn't commit himself to them because they wasn't with him. They were with the signs. They was not with him because he came to save them from their sin. They were with him because they, could, they thought he would take them out of Rome. They were not with him because of who he was. They were with him because of what he was doing. That's why. This is why you have to know what the Word of God says. If you're going to be led around by supernatural occurrences... You are going to be deceived. It's, it's the, If you're hearing all the rest, the most important thing I'm telling you, because people in the so-called Christian world right now are chasing after... Crazy things when the doctrine, the teaching, what they're teaching you is very obviously completely bizarre and completely off base. They they may say Jesus. They may talk about Holy Spirit. They, They say those words, but it doesn't match the word. It's empty words. Paul called it another Jesus. That's what he called it. Which is not another he called it another gospel by another Jesus. To the correlation church, he said, if I, he put himself in the equation. Are you hear me. If I or an angel come to you with any other way, any other gospel, let them be accursed. You know what he did? He went and repeated it. If I or an angel Come to you with another gospel, another way, and let him be accursed. It literally means, "Let it be anathema." Let him be accursed. It literally means, "Cursed to hell, condemned to hell." Paul himself, if I do it, let me be accursed to hell. We walk, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If your faith and your hearing do not originate in the word, it's a false faith and it's a false way. Their faith was in what they could see instead of who he was and what he came for and what his purpose was. Nicodemus even says, hey, teacher, we know that you are a man sent from God. Or sent by God. No sir. Nicodemus. He was not a man. Sent by God. Or from God. He was God. And is God. He wasn't sent for God. To speak for God. To do for God. By God. He is God. He said so himself. When, when we get further into John. We're going to start here in the seven I am's of John. You say, what do you mean? Because there's people today that trying to teach the church that Jesus never claimed to be God. That's a lie. Because right. when they say, "Are you He?" He would say, "I am." And you say, "Big deal." They thought so. When He would say, "I am," what those Jews do? The Sanhedrin and the Pharisees, the leadership, the, what the Bible says, it says when the Jews, he's talking about the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin, the leadership, the studied in the law, the religious leadership. When he said, I am, it says they ripped their garments and gnashed at the, going to cross, it says they gnashed on him with their teeth. They bit him. Nashed on him with their teeth because he said, "I am." What do you mean, "I am"? The se- that meant something. It meant something then. It means something now. Because see, there's one thing. There's one thing those. There's one thing those Pharisees could identify with, and that was Moses, mm-hmm. the lawgiver, and his call that brought them out of Egypt, out of bondage. Go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Who shall I say sent me? He said, Tell them, I am. That I am sent you. When those Jews would say, Are you he? He'd say, I am. It raged them. You know why? He was saying, I am God. I am the anointed one. I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. And James, he's going to say, and John, he's going to say, I am the way, the truth. I am the life. He's going to say, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am. Mm-hmm. The, I am the Good Shepherd. He just, he kept talking all the way. But I am, I am, I am, and they're and they're looking for a presidential candidate. Oh, I meant to say an emperor. <laughs> I'm not looking for a candidate tonight, i got to tell you. I'm not looking for a candidate. I'm not looking for, I, I, you know what, I'm not even looking for the Antichrist. There are more people in the church looking for the Antichrist than the, than the Christ. I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm not even looking for a third temple. There's going to be one. I'm not looking for a third temple. I don't care how many heifers they've got in Israel. Every time i go five new red I don't care how many heifers. I've, I've, I've been surrounded by heifers all my life. I are you looking for a heifer? I shouldn't say that, Matt. <laughs> Why don't y'all slow me down every now and then? What he meant to say, right? What I meant. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking for a mark or the beast. Everybody's worried about the mark or the beast today. Can I just preach a while? I'm still in John chapter 2. Is that all right? Uh, I, everybody's looking for the beast today. I ain't looking for no beast. I ain't looking for no mark. I ain't, I ain't even concerned about a mark. I got Christian people. You know, I got all these Christian people running around worried about, oh, you're going to take the mark. you are going to take the mark. You're going to, if they do this, you're going to take And No, but I'm not going to do it because it's the mark. I'm not going to not do something because it's the mark of the beast. I ain't looking for no mark of the beast. I ain't worried about no mark of the beast. I'm not going to be here. First of all, to have a mark of the beast, you've got to have a beast. Well, I'm not looking for an antichrist. I'm looking for the Christ. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. I'm. not looking for Armageddon. I'm looking for the eastern sky to split open. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for the clouds to unfurl. I got my attention on Louisiana. It's the only reason to look that way, y'all. Yeah, that's, a, that's the only reason they even turn that direction. Cause gonna, man, he go, man, <laughs> I'll go go ahead and say that Alabama's that direction too. <laughs> 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 I'm looking, I'm looking for, I'm 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 not looking for a mark. I'm listening for a trumpet. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not looking for. I'm not looking worried about a shot. I, I'm listening for a shout yes. for the Lord Himself. He didn't. Even, he's not. He's not going to send Gabriel. Everybody say when Gabriel blows his horn. That's not that that the word the Bible doesn't say Gabriel's got a horn. He may, but it says the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. And with the trumpet of God. I'm not looking for a shot. I'm looking for, I'm listening for a shout. You know why? Not because of a sign. Uh, oh, that's just a sign, that's a sign. Everywhere I go, it's a sign, it's a sign, it's a sign, it's a sign. Do You ever notice that? Everything that happens. If it's too hot, that's a sign. If it's too cold, oh, that's a sign. Am I making it up? Am I making it up? Am I making it up? Everybody, oh, it's a sign! It's a sign! It's a sign! He said, "It was an evil and perverse generation that was looking for a sign." <laughs> I'm not looking for a sign. He said, as "A matter of fact, he said, I'm not going to give you any sign, except for the sign of Jonah." What was the sign of Jonah? Three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, and they came out. Jesus was talking about himself. Well, you know how I'm, what I'm going to give you? I'm going to go to the grave. Three days and three nights, and I'm going to come out. Tear down this temple. Three days, I'll build it up. And when I go away, I'm coming again. I'm not looking for a sign. If you look for a sign, you're going to be all over the map. It says, and many believed because of the signs. But Jesus wasn't committed to them because he knew what was in them. What was in them? Carnal aspirations. Political desires. Revenge. Restitution. Retribution. I know that you're a teacher, I know that you're a man. And there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews. The man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher, come from God. For no one can do these signs unless God is with him. Jesus spent the next 45 minutes explaining to him who he was. No, he didn't. He didn't say, well, let's have a chat, Nicodemus, about God being with me and who I am. He ignored all that. He said, Jesus answered him and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. I noticed he didn't say anything about Rome or the restoration of Israel or a political turnaround. He said, unless you're born again, you can't even. Would y'all hear me or something? Romans chapter 8, Paul talks about the carnal mind. Y'all hear me talking about the carnal mind all the time? The fleshy mind. He says that the carnal mind cannot understand the things of God. He says the carnal mind is an enmity with God. It can't produce the things of God. It can't understand it. Why? Because these things are spiritually discerned. When Jesus was coming on the scene John the Baptist said this Repent For the kingdom Of God Is at hand yeah. Jesus He was the entrance of the kingdom He says Unless you become They were carnally minded Religious Religious Matt, don't miss it. They saw the signs, but they couldn't see him. They wasn't born again. They couldn't see him. They couldn't see him. They saw the signs that he was doing, but they couldn't see him. You can't even see the kingdom of God. You can't even see the kingdom of God. They couldn't see him. They couldn't see. They couldn't even see the truth the, the true things of God. Why? Because they were looking through the law and through religion and through flesh and through signs and through political aspirations and reta- They couldn't even see him. Much less the things of God. They thought they, re- they, they they and they were religious. They they thought they had it all down and they couldn't even see. The, the very one that these people were the most studied people in the world on the things of God. Everything in that covenant that, that you're not hearing me. Everything in that covenant that they had studied backwards and forward and upside down and around was pointing to him. Everything. Everything. And he was right in front of them. And they couldn't see him. He came into his own. And they knew him not. (laughs) That's why he said, you've got to become something completely different. You've been born once a dead sinner. You must be born again. The law wasn't bad, but I read where Paul said that the law was righteous, but it was weak through the flesh. But this new covenant was mighty. How? Through the Spirit. That's just why Oh, that makes me want to dis- teach for a year on whatsoever is flesh, is flesh. Whatever spirit is spirit. Flesh never becomes spirit, and the spirit never becomes flesh. It's one or the other. And they had, every, they had hundreds of prophecies that described him to a T, and they couldn't see him. They were impressed by the signs. They believed the signs. Why? Because the signs were real. But, the se- y'all, the second, think about what you know about the gospel, the second they realized that he had no intention of raising up an army and standing up against Rome they crucified him the second they realized that they wanted a murderer they wanted Barabbas that's why Paul said this Jesus or Peter said this Jesus whom you crucified had been made both Lord Christ that's Jesus he even said if the devil had known what he was doing he wouldn't do it he wouldn't have done it he missed it too you know why you all know, think about it am I making that up is that what the word says said so that the devil the enemy it would know what, it was, what he was doing he wouldn't have done it does it say that Well, why didn't he know what he was doing? I'll tell you why. He couldn't see him. The demons knew who he was. They'd walk in and they'd say, Oh, you're him. He'd say, Shut up. But something about him, the devil devil knew the plan. He killed him anyway. He said, If he had known what he was doing, he wouldn't have done it. Because these things are spiritually discerned. It's why we walk by faith. It's why you got to know that word. Oh, I wish I could get you to understand. If you don't know the word, you're going to get fooled. Because you know what lying? I'm wrapping up kind of you know what lying signs and wonders are? Signs and wonders. No, you didn't you, you missed that. Do you know what lying signs and wonders are? Signs and wonders. Supernaturally amazing. What I'm trying to tell you is real. People think lying signs and wonders mean they wasn't real signs and wonders. No, 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 You're missing that. You're missing it. Talk about what people be to see by lying signs and wonders. They're signs and wonders that lead in a lie. They're signs and wonders. They're real. Pharaoh's magician's rod became a snake. It wasn't a pretend snake or an imaginary snake. It wasn't. It wasn't artificial intelligence, and it wasn't Disney uh, animation. It was a snake, just like Moses' snake. What's built into that is when, oh, snake, Moses' snake, magician's snake, oh, they're both snakes. Well, his snake ate their snake. You know why? Because his snake was greater. His snake, his snake was divine. His snake was, was the right snake. <laughs> You're not still getting it. People all over the world right now are being led astray by signs and wonders. They're real. They uh, they make it. Some of them may be counterfeited, but the the the. There may, there may be some slick people behind the scenes. something, about. No, that's not, the, that's not the focus of what God is saying when he says that people will be led astray by lying signs and wonders. The signs and wonders are real. What they lead to, what they point to, what they bring you to, if it's outside of the word, is the lie. It's lying signs and wonders. It's just like a false prophet. They teach in a way that's outside of the Word of God, a perversion of the Word of God that leads you to another gospel, that leads you to another way. The lying signs and wonders, if, you're, if you don't know the Word and you're going, to be, if you're going to be moved by the supernatural, lying signs and wonders are supernatural occurrences that will lead you to a false way, that will cause you to chase something that's not Jesus, that will cause you to lead you down a path of deception because you're moved. Moved by what you can see, smell, hear, taste, and touch. Instead of being moved by, thus saith the Lord. That's the difference. That's the difference. Because I'm going to tell you again, what God has said, what you see, is never greater than what God has said. What you see is never greater than what God has said. Lying signs and wonders are supernatural, astonishing things that he can do that cause you to divert your your attention to a false way. If you can be led by signs and wonders, then you will be led astray. You say, what's that got to do with John chapter 2? I'll tell you why. It says many believed on him because of the signs that they saw, but he said... Jesus didn't buy it right. because he knew what was in them. Right. They wasn't following him because he was Messiah, because he was Savior of the world, because they were following him for what they thought they could get out of him. Right. And as soon as it was not what they thought, crucify him. Yep. Yep. That's right. exactly. Crucify him. Crucify him. That's good teaching. And it's right. Crucify him. Hear me. all the God is love, people he is. That's his, that's his, that's who, it's not what he does, it's who he is. He is love. And he is truth. And what people don't understand is he will not sacrifice truth for love. That's why the truth comes in love. <laughs> do you know that? That's why the truth is spoken in love. He will never sacrifice truth for love. You know what else he won't do? He will not sacrifice truth for unity. Everybody's going, oh, unity. We've got to have unity! We got to have unity. There's only one thing that there can be unity around, and that's what's true. Right. That's the only thing. That I, yeah. I'm not singing Kumbaya with people that are around the campfire with people that are chasing a false way. Oh, we should, we should all be together and have unity. No, sir. The only place there is to unite around us is on what's true. And what's true is the word of God. That's it. We should all go along to get along. Find me that in the scripture. I'm not preaching some false doctrine. I'm telling you what's true and causing you to realize that all that junk that's been, that's been pushed on down our throat is the false doctrine. Say amen, Jr. as in wrap it up. People chasing dumb things. had a friend I know, Leesville I shouldn't say that out loud, it's on live stream the town I just said in Louisiana anybody know where that's at? (laughs) that's a lot very far away it's not very far, is that very far away? I can tell you a church or a person or anything like that scrub that Uh, uh, I started seeing their stuff on I was watching their stuff online because I I thought, man, these people are weird. And so I started watching it. And I had some missionaries that were over there. And I said, well, how'd that go? he said, well, it was was okay. I said, shut up. What really happened? Tell me what really happened. I said, this is me and this is you. Don't give me that, John. He said, well, they are a little weird. I said, well, how so? He said, well, he took me back to see where... Oil has been flowing down his back wall for the last six months. I thought, oh. Uh-uh. I thought last time I saw a preacher with oil, they caught him at Tractor Supply. <laughs> they did. That's true. They were pulling that stuff off and it had oil. I said, I said, oh. I said, I wouldn't go back. He said, yeah, it, was, it was a little weird. I said, brother, what you don't understand is I don't have time for a con artist and a scammer. And they, that's a con artist and a scammer. That's what that is. I said, and, and everybody will know sooner or It's He's a con artist and a scammer. It's not just a little people. See, see Chris, they think Christianity is giving them the benefit of the doubt. No, Christianity is to say, you're a con artist and you're a scammer and you're going to repent and stop it. That's right. That's, right. that's right. And within six months, the district had come taking him out of office because he had stolen everything the church had. It did, I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet. It didn't take a prophet or the son of a prophet to identify a nut. <laughs> I know a cashew when I see it. <laughs> and a pecan and a peanut. That he's a peanut because that, that's a cheat nut. <laughs> 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 that's funny I don't care who you are <laughs> I was listening to that old man from Beaumont here a while back you know who I'm talking about B.H. Clinton and I was listening to him back in the 80's he said it was all going around he says oh it's going around again he said people's got their oily bibles they got, the anointing's falling everywhere and the oil's flowing from their bibles it's everywhere I go he said, man, come to church over in Beaumont. And he says, Pete, i got to show you my Bible. It's got a whole form. He said, I don't want to see your stupid Bible. <laughs> oh, said, she was even riding home with him that night because he was a ride. She said, she was sold up like a, like a dead dog in the sun, swollen. Why don't you want to see my Bible? He said, let me tell you something. You're a fraud. That's Why? She said, you don't even really know me. How can you say I'm a fraud? He said, because this is what I know about God. He said, the oil was the symbol of the Holy Spirit. The oil was the, the foreshadow of the Holy Spirit. He said, the Holy Spirit has been poured out in fullness. He said, God no longer needs symbols and types and shadows. The reality has come. He said, you are a fraud. He said, God don't need no stupid machine oil being poured over your Bible trying to convince people that he's he's dripping. He said, because the the symbol, the reality has came. Are y'all hearing me? The fullness has arrived. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one place and in one accord. It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Like a Russian mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. It says, and it appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and they sat on each of them. And it says, what else does it say? <laughs> and it said, <laughs> and the, and he <laughs> says, and they all, they all began to speak with other tongues, as the spirit of God gave the utterance. And they began to magnify the Lord and all these things. And they said, what is this? Peter stood up and said, I, I, that's what I want you to know. Peter, Peter didn't say, well, this is the oily Bible. Or the, or the fiery brazen altar. Or the wind machine in the back room. Right. You know, Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. He said, This is that. This is that. Which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. This is it. This is the real deal. It's now. And you know what? Jeffy didn't go backwards. He doesn't go backwards. He ain't gonna give you the type and the sign of these things. He's gonna give you these things. They wasn't with him. Jesus said he didn't commit himself to him. Because, you know what? I hope I've spent an hour and 10 minutes. Explaining to you what it when, God, when it says Jesus, when they believed in him, that Jesus was like, Mm-mm, they ain't mine. Because that's what he's saying, they ain't mine. It, the demons believe and tremble. They gave mental assent to this guy as something else, but they didn't give their self to this guy. He said, Jesus didn't commit to him because they went not with him. Salvation, born again, is a change in you, a supernatural change in you. A supernatural change in you that comes by the power of the blood of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. The, Paul wrote to the Roman church that the Spirit of God himself baptizes you into Christ. When you believe on who he is. Believe in your, believe in, believe in your heart. And confess with your mouth. He's Lord. It's him. It's him. He's moving. Changing. Establishing. His church again. And I want to tell you one more time at 8.32. Don't let yourself be worried about it. Because I can promise you. He's going to have a powerful church. He's going to have a powerful church. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank Thank you for establishing your word in our heart. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Lord, your word is a lamp unto my feet. It tells me where I'm at. And it's a light unto my path. It tells me where I'm headed. It shows me where to go. Lord, order my steps. Order my steps according to your word. Order my steps according to your word. Order my steps according to your word. Lord, create in us a new heart. Show us. Show us. Lead us. Guide us. Strengthen us. Hallelujah. Forever, oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Lord, I pray for this people tonight as their pastor as their shepherd as their leader Lord I pray that you would stir us deep put a hunger in us like we've never experienced because you honor hunger and things that, and people that thirst after you Lord that we will seek you because when we seek you, we'll find you. Lord, and I pray that you move sovereignly in the families of this church and in the service of this church, in the ministries of this church. Lord, uh, Lord uh, the desire, one of the deepest desires of my heart is that you move sovereignly in our students. That you would shake them to their foundations by the power of your Spirit. And, Lord, lead them into the deep things of God, where the game-playing silliness would be over. And that you would bring them into the, the powerful move of God that you have for them in this church. Lord, I put it in your hands and commit it to you. And we're committed to you. And, Lord, we thank you for it and give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen.